0: ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CoinGeek Weekly live stream live from the new forward operating base. Uh, I'm in South Florida. Uh, For those of you who have been waiting to hear where I am going to land, the answer is South Florida. I'm not giving the town away, uh, but I'm somewhere between Broward and Palm Beach County uh, in the center of the madness so that I can uh, be part of everything going on in the most tropical place in the United States, aside from Hawaii. It's been a hell of a journey. I've basically been on the road for the last uh, five weeks, got an exhausted family, uh, wondering where the heck grandma is and everything else. So I'm sorry, Natalie, Ronan, and Molly. I promise it will be worth it to, <laughs> to, to, to hang out uh, at the new place once we finally land. So I'm, I'm sitting in a temporary location where I can do the broadcast for your sake, the fans, uh, and I, I like it too. So. Uh, it's it's a pleasure to do these weekly live streams with you and answer your questions, comments, blessings, cursings, grapes, gripes, or gropes live on the air, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about a couple of things before we start. First, my guest is going to be Joe DiPinto, uh, who's a guy I did not know until uh, I met him in the lobby of uh, the Dolder Grand in Zurich. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know, frankly, that he existed. And, um, and he walks into the lobby and, and starts talking and, and introduces himself. And then, oh, you're the guy from Haste. This is great. And we ended up having a really good time together. We, we hung out uh, a little bit, basically each day that we were in Zurich. Uh, spent some time at the spa on the first uh, evening and, and some other stuff too. And we just, we just had a really good time. And I'm really excited to bring Joe on to talk about. Haste and talk about everything else going on in the ecosystem, but that'll be in just a few minutes. Uh, before we kick over to that, I wanted to talk a little bit about, first of all, the average block size on PSV is something that just until about two years ago, everybody said was impossible because of the, the nature of physics. Electrons cannot do these sorts of things across a distributed consensus. Uh, for the smallest small blockers, the BTC people, uh, I recall them saying that, two megabyte blocks would break the network forever. And then eight megabyte blocks would, would break the, you know, maybe it's possible but everything would break. And then the Bitcoin cashers about two years ago, I I recall uh, some of their network engineers over at Bitcoin cash saying that 22 megabytes is the absolute peak. You cannot do more than 22 megabytes using the Bitcoin protocol across the network. uh, Because it's just, it's just an, it's an absolute physical limit. It's like the speed of light or the law of gravity. You can't get around it. And um well, the average block size the last uh, day or so is between fifty and seventy five megabytes per block. This is the average block size, and this includes some large token payments and some images and some other things. But some of them are full almost entirely with micro payments, and and that's the other thing that they said was absolutely impossible: is that you can't have a block full of micro payments that's bigger than that twenty two megabyte uh, block. The propagation won't work. You can't validate it in time. It's going to bring your block time up and cause all these problems. Well, we have proven them wrong. We have had blocks that are 2,000 megabytes. This is two gigabytes for the unengaged. And um, they settle just fine. The, the block time does not go up. And uh, they, they make their way across all nodes and, and everything is just fine. So thank you, CryptoFights, for showing us what's possible with micropayments uh, and, and big blocks and all of that. Uh, getting people to use the CryptoFights uh, software has shown what Bitcoin is capable of. In the micropayments and nft space and then also uh the the folks over meta id which is a, a subset of the metanet protocol uh where people are burning a certain amount of bsv to mint a token uh and then the token can be used in some other aspect of their DeFi ecosystem so they're basically creating a costly signal on top of a costly signal uh by by paying to mint these uh large basically dog photos but they're paid transactions, and, and it's people that are, are burning that money because they want to participate in that ecosystem. So it's almost entirely organic traffic. It's not some kind of stress test. It's not anything like that. These are people that are voluntarily using the network because they either enjoy using it for just play or they have some economic reason to attempt to uh, to goof around. And that's that's awesome. I'm, I'm very excited about all of that. This is in contrast... Uh, to the news that we saw from Blockstream over the last 24 hours, they have raised 200, I think it was 210,000 or 210 million dollars. It it's a very big uh, Series B. Uh, and then they announced who the VC partners are, and the big one is iFinex Corporation. If you're not familiar with iFinex, uh, iFinex is the parent company of both Bitfinex Exchange and Tether Corporation. So, what does this mean? Means essentially that Blockstream was able to raise money from the proceeds of whatever it is that Block or that uh, that Tether is up to, which little concerning. Uh, part of the deal also contains uh, some some ongoing business relationship with Square uh, and the development of a Blockstream uh, ASIC mining piece of hardware, which in my opinion li- likely won't happen. I feel like it's one of those things that. Uh, you know, sounds like a good idea. Looks good on a, on a pitch deck, and then ultimately you raise the money, you do something else, you, you make a little bit of money back on some other stuff, and then you don't build the thing that it makes a lot more sense to build in China. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think that that's probably what's going on over there. But it also uh, shows a little more of what's going on with the the cabal of Copa Tether and 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 their whole thing. So, uh, not not good in the long term, but. They're going to celebrate. Uh, Adam back is going to uh, continue to remind people that he was, was sourced in the white paper. Hey, Hey, did you know, did you know I'm that guy that was sourced er, by, by Satoshi Nakamoto in the Bitcoin white paper? <sighs> Good times, everybody. So, uh, Mr. Moon, if you could queue up the advertisement, I'm sure we have an advertisement because we have such delightful sponsors here. And, uh, when the ad finishes, we will come back with Joe Depinto from Haste Arcade. And we're going to talk about everything they're up to. Uh, so please get your questions ready for Mr. Depinto, or anything. I mean, if you want to talk about anything in the in the Bitcoin ecosystem, uh, he's a guy whose face you don't see a whole lot. He's not on Twitter and uh, not, not in a whole lot of places where you can bug him, which is why he's been busy working and able to get some stuff done, I imagine. So uh, please get your stuff ready. We'll be back with Joe. Alex, play the ad. Imagine in 1997 paying for something with your watch. Remember the last time you used cash? The world has been digitized,
1: almost. Cash was once seen as the last bastion for reform, but now is on the decline. Digital transactions have outcompeted the hard currency since 2017 in the
2: UK, but breakthrough bold technologies like blockchain have revolutionized more than just money. Disruptive technologies call for trusted lawyers, like ones that don't just accept the trend but find new ways of interpreting the law. We are currently the only global law firm with a real card record in the area of Bitcoin and blockchain. We are results driven and care only about securing the best possible result for our clients.
0: We trace the supposedly untraceable. We pioneer the future of law. We deliver new solutions. We are law changes. Thank you, Antier, for the ad, Mister Joe DePinto. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Kurt. Yeah, for sure. So let's let's start right out the gate. Um, haste exploded onto the scene. What six months ago, seven, eight, nine months ago, something, something. All of a sudden, Haste Arcade, and everybody's tapping the phone and trying to, yep. to make the make the thing work um let's hear a little bit of backstory i, I would love to hear um how'd you get into like gaming conceptually why <laughs> blockchain conceptually then why bsv if you could give us like the two minute version of that story
1: <sighs> is there a two minute version of that story um, I mean, i'll you can do take, my
0: take 10 if you want
1: it i'll you know? <laughs> do my best and, and i, I want to say obviously like you know, I, I was fortunate enough to go to Zurich and speak there. Uh, but Haste is a team. There's there's four of us at this point: myself, Dan Wagner, who has been on a couple other like podcasts and whatnot. Uh, and then there's two guys that no one actually knows about: Eric and Keith LaForce, co-founders. They're they're more on the development side, so they kind of keep their heads down and work quite a bit. But in essence, uh, where Haste kind of came about, and when we launched it back in January, we weren't planning on building out an arcade. It was Dan and I. In our office here, late one night, working on our an, another actual like company that we run uh, back since 2015 called BarPay, but we'd always been like obsessed with microtransactions, and and so Dan and I started paying attention to Bitcoin and blockchain back in 2015 2016. So before you had the hard forks, and we were just interested in this notion of like, wow, you can send you know money basically for free, as opposed to what we had been learning about with with our first venture, which had a lot to do with credit card processing. So. With, you know, what we were learning about blockchain, I was like, wow, it'd be really cool if someday we can incorporate this into our, you know, current venture. So time goes on, you know, we follow the whole ICO boom and bust, the, the BCH fork, the BSV fork. And to us, it just, we, we could never really put our mind around, like, why are people investing in, in something that they're not like interested in using? Or it's, it's not like a stock necessarily, like there isn't a board of directors that I can go to and expect like, hey, this is what we're projecting for Q4. So from our perspective, it was like, all right, it's not a stock. Like what, what can we use this for? And really, I guess just that January night we were sitting in the office and it was, it was, you know, how come people aren't getting this? How many different people could we, you know, send a fraction of 10 cents to? And at that point, Handcash had just released their developer SDK. Um, Dan does some programming. So he was just kind of playing around with that. And he was like, I think there's a way we could basically take, you know, five or 10 cents and send it to a hundred or 200 people all at once and, and send it in fractions of a penny. And, Once we figured that out, I was like, all right, well, what's the trigger for this going to be? And sure enough, it was like, well, what if you just like tap a button as as fast as you can? And when you tap it, you know, you get a score. Other people that tap that button, they get a score. So now if you're in this game, and you've made, you know, this leaderboard with your score, you're going to get a little piece of, you know, every other gameplay after that. So that was like the whole initial concept. It was just about, you know, what can we do to show people microtransactions are real? You can use them in, in real world things. Uh, and what's kind of turned out from all that, the reception we've gotten from the community. Obviously, like I said, getting to go to Zurich was incredible. Getting to meet you in the lobby, Kurt. It was funny. I was walking through there and I saw you and I think Luke from Tonic Pal and and Michael Hudson. And I was like, oh my gosh, I recognize these people. It like, was is so cool. <laughs> and I was just standing there and you're like, yeah, who, who are you? <laughs> I was like... Um, I'm Joe. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. so obviously, BSV, um, after following the forks, obviously, like we're well aware of the drama and whatnot. But really, with what we care about, it's it's that and I think I'm actually a fairly decent example of this. I'm not on Twitter, so I don't really get sucked into all the different you know people on Twitter saying this or that about BSV or BTC or Ethereum or whatever. I'm trying to take a more broad view of things. It's like, look, there's, there are people within that, that space that are very, you know, vested and and very passionate about what they're saying. But there's also a huge market out there that has no idea and doesn't really care about who Satoshi is. They'll never look it up. They'll never even realize like, you know, who invented the internet? Is that really something that people care about that much? I personally don't think so. So part of our goal has been how do we get people to start using blockchain? in the mainstream in the real world? And how do we not necessarily hide or disguise that we're using BSV? But if that's not that that doesn't need to be like the the main, you know, driving factor, in my opinion, I think the main driving factor should be the cool things you can actually do with this blockchain. And like we always say, you know, we've we're in a, a round of financing right now, investors, a lot of them say, Oh, well, you know, if they've heard of crypto, like, well, BSV seems to have a lot of, you know, question marks surrounding it. And we're like, yeah, you know, we, we don't Dis, dis acknowledge that but if you can find us a blockchain a proof of work blockchain that can do the things that we're doing on hey like please let us know like we would love to find one uh but the truth is it is only bsv so that's that's basically how we ended up here it's it's the only chain that we could use for what we wanted to do and we do believe that it sticks to the principles of the white paper and what you know bitcoin was initially created to to do and that's you know it's cash it's peer-to-peer cash
0: no, it, absolutely. It's it's funny because I think a lot of people have a have a similar journey. Like I I, I don't know hardly anybody in the BSV economy that didn't have like you know twenty fifteen and sixteen like oh Ethereum's cool let's see what the you know what can it do and then every mm-hmm. other thing you know they jump into and now there's you know ten thousand different chains and coins that all do something really well and then you know then ultimately it's like ah but you know here's here's the giant compromise I would have to make. Technologically, to to work with this blockchain, and and truly, it's it's interesting because BSV's only real limitation is a social limitation. It's like a um, it's like a political thing. It's it's like uh, you know, oh, shoot, I took a yeah. like, should I take a picture with Donald Trump or with Joe Biden, and have like it'd be really great to meet somebody that's so well known, but there's the baggage that goes with it, you know. And yeah. like at the end of the day, I mean, you need to make a business decision based on like you know, could your product even work on a, on another blockchain? And I think there are probably some that you could, you know, hack your way through it will work up to a certain point and whatever. But then, you know, that that, that yeah. has its limits, obviously. So and
1: even there, I mean, you think about the wallets, like, in my opinion, hand cash has done a, a really good job. I think everybody in BSV yeah. knows that point. But yeah, that's, that's another major piece of it. It's like, you know, is there another hand cash even on one of these other blockchains? Right. And and no. that's, you know, that's going to be really hard to find too. So Yeah, for sure.
0: No, absolutely. I, I got a question here from Scott uh, Schroeder asking, what systems does Haste have in place to prevent bots from gaming the system? I, I remember mm-hmm. this, this was the early question that everyone's like, well, I could just put a mask in the browser and, the, you know, reveal the dot early, basically, I, I think is...
1: So yes, yeah, so, I mean, yes. I'm, I'm not, I'm not on the, the technical side of things per se. I know that right now what we're currently doing, obviously what's up right now is an alpha platform and we have like the recapture. Uh, that was to prevent, you know, our best attempt, at least in, in the early stages from preventing any sort of cheating. We have had people who, you know, people come up with strategies. There's, there's one guy in the arcade who, I don't know if you've seen, you know, at any point in the last month or so, but he basically owns every single leaderboard spot uh, in, in one of the levels. And we look mm-hmm. at the data. And to be honest, like, we, we have two things. We have the recapture. We have a manual process as well that will basically flag, you know, times that are subhuman times. So things that we had to research mm-hmm. and study, like what's the reaction time of a human being, you know, visually to, to the finger tap, et cetera. So, like, we have factors in place that will flag certain times that that are lower than what the, like I said, the subhuman time would be. Um, that's not necessarily things that we're going to post on the site, like what that actual number is. Otherwise, I think that would sure. give people a target to to look at. Yep. <laughs> but in essence, it's that. But when when the actual when the beta platform uh, goes ahead and launches, which will be at some point, uh, it looks like mid to, to late September. So that's coming quite soon. Ah, uh, there's a whole lot more security built into that. That's actually something that's being done, not hosted on you know just a website building platform that's being built by real developers. There's going to be checks. There's going to be certain things that when game developers submit their games to the arcade, it has to meet like certain vetting standards from their side and based on how they build it. Uh, so yeah, obviously, you know when there's when there's money being being you know played with, um, we we do need to have that uh, to have like a lot of security on that stuff.
0: No, for sure. It's funny. A, a buddy of mine, a, a guy that I got into um, BSV, was number one on the leaderboard, and he tagged me on Facebook. And was like, "Oh my <laughs> god, I'm number one!" And then he's getting—I mean, he's getting paid. He's getting the constant mm-hmm. pings back. He's like, "Oh, this is incredible!" I was like, "Bro, like, you should record a reaction video and send yeah. it." He's like, "Yeah, okay. but he what? He was like freaking out. Well, so did he buddy, use your <laughs> that's a, you know, that's a good question. I imagine he probably did, but uh, uh, you been I need to check absolutely well i think that's the other genius part of of your model is like there's there's two ways to to win and like you can be the guy that signs a lot of people up and and today you get paid in the hst token uh which i think is cool it's it's less cool i think than getting the constant pings on my hand Mm. cash (laughs) but you know i i understand uh you know Business well, development decisions.
1: Strictly for you, you know, I know some people on the development team here. I told them maybe maybe it, it would make sense to at least give the users the option um, based mm. on some of your feedback. So we'll see. I don't want to give away too many secrets for what's what, what sure. could be coming out in beta. But yeah, I think, I think, you know, with what we have out right now, the alpha platform, that was all proof of concept. You're going to see a lot yep. more features and things you can actually do with the HST as well. Like you're going to be able to redeem it, obviously, like you can right now from BSV. But, you know, more short-term/slash long-term roadmap. There'll be other things, you know, it'll be like a prize board at any arcade. You know, there hopefully will be cool products that are blockchain related that you can use it with. We've we've toyed with the idea of giving like HST tokens actual voting rights on, you know, game developers submit a game, the people that hold the tokens, you know, is this a game that should be allowed into the arcade, et cetera, that type of thing. So all right. things that we're considering, we want to continue to give as much value and, and utility to those tokens as possible, not just something that people are, you know, speculating on.
0: Right. No, for sure. I uh, get a question here from KP Dad. U450, is Haste working on live head-to-head games?
1: So right now, I guess the, the notion of head-to-head is, you know, you're, you're playing against people that are on a leaderboard. Uh, but in terms of what's going on with the beta platform, when that launches... That's going to depend on the developer. so we've we've said this in the past. like we're not necessarily you know only focused on creating games. we the The key piece for us was building out this SDK to get true game developers in there. And if they have a head-to-head game and there's some type of leaderboard, yes, then in theory, like the SDK that we're creating would be something that they'd be able to basically plug into their game and then give the user the opportunity to say, hey, I want to play in ILP mode, so instant leaderboard payout mode. Or I just want to play the the traditional way. So that's that's basically how we're envisioning it. We will have our own game developers. Also, that is one of the first people that we're going to bring on board uh, to to be able to put out, you know, probably some retro type games. Um, that you know, if it is head to head, so be it. But yeah, that's that's basically we're we're looking more to bring outside game devs on and give them the ability to use ILP with our with their games. Nice.
0: Well, it's awesome. So um, when you mentioned the beta, so it's funny that you say that it's an alpha because I think haste is really great. Like I've not had a problem with it that would indicate that it is an alpha level, uh, piece of software. So, you know, kudos to you guys. Um, the beta is that separate from the SDK that you guys have been talking about for a while or are there two separate products or what are we? So, at? Yeah.
1: Well, first off credit to Dan, like he built the alpha all by himself and he'll tell you, you know, he's a, a self taught programmer going back about two years at this point, but he's, he's one of <laughs> nice. those people who, when he, when he locks into something, you know, he'll sit at his desk for, for seven days without getting up to, to get a glass of water or anything like that. Like he's, he's hundred <laughs> percent in, but basically when we ref, uh, reference the beta, that will be you know a completely separate platform for game developers and gamers that will have the SDK included in it, so basically that's that's what we've been working to get to is a platform that's not just available on mobile like right now on Alpha, you can only play the games if you're on your phone you couldn't do it on a computer right but really open it up for the you know the true gamers, the people who are gaming from pcs from consoles from their phone sure um, but yeah in, in terms of what's coming out, we call it a beta just because. Uh, it, that's what our developers are are basically calling it. They that's how they would yeah, describe it,
0: for sure. So, the, my next question then, if if we're looking at the SDK, my my first thought is is you know what are what are other good games out there like totally not blockchain related that you could be pursuing? Uh, so this is like a biz dev. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. a piece of advice. Maybe it's a question. I don't even know. But like, but it, it's it's coming out of my head as as we speak. I I picture a haste. Salesmen reaching out to the various game companies. I mean, this, this could be everybody from like you know EA Games or, or whoever that's putting out like Madden Football every year and these things. And be like, hey, if you'd like to have an integration where people can get micro payments based on you know all kinds of, of betting, I'm picturing like, okay, if the Buccaneers are able to get 12 yards in the next snap, you get a you get a payout for that. You can bet mm. on. That kind of thing. So the kind of like micro betting that you see people do in bar games and such, which is something yep. I know you guys are are <laughs> keen on, is is that the kind of thing that that is possible with the SDK? Or am I thinking am I thinking too granular? Or am I thinking maybe even too big about it?
1: No, I, I think that's definitely possible. Um, I will say at the beginning, at least, the, the games that we're going to be allowing into the arcade are we're going to try and stay away from quote-unquote traditional gambling as much as possible. And sure. what we're basically doing to to define that would be, you know, is your game a game of chance? Basically, is there a random number generator that has a massive out uh, outcome of, of the game? Or is it a game of skills? Is it something that you can practice, you know, every single day and get better at? So in terms of betting, like... Are we going to gain twelve yards this play? I don't know if you can actually get better than that. But what I will say is, yeah. in the long term, I do think that would be, you know, that type of gambling or or sports betting would be something we would want to incorporate. For the shorter term, what I see happening, you know, you mentioned EA Games. Uh, what our strategy is, it's like you said, it's to partner with, you know, game companies, whether it's EA Games or you know, there's professional sports games companies now who will actually keep gamers on salary, sponsor them to play in like call of duty right. tournaments. So it's going to be doing partnerships with those people, uh, getting them to have their players, you know, on Twitch while they're playing, you know, live streaming. Hey, by the way, come play against me, uh, on, call it snake or, you know, pong on the haste arcade. See if you can beat my score, sure. click this link for a yeah. referral. So yeah, it's it's going to be using those types of channels. Obviously, like CoinGeek has been really helpful with us and kind of guiding us with with their connections to to the online gaming and gambling industries. But yeah, it's it's going to be p- part of our marketing strategy. And I guess something that we've talked about internally for a while was there there haven't been a whole lot of of blockchain crypto related companies that have actually spent like significant money marketing to the mainstream, other than you know your exchanges like Coinbase or Gemini or whatever. Right. We want to be a company that there, there is a massive gaming market. And the majority of these people are used to doing some type of digital payment already within their games. We want to go after those, you know, two plus billion people and see how many are at least interested in this concept. And then from a game dev standpoint, what I think is really cool is, you know, say, yeah, you, you go to an EA Games or, or something like that. I think it might take a little bit of usage and, and building up a user base before you can get their attention. But any game developer in, in in this example is like, look, you have your traditional model where you sell Madden for 60 bucks every year and you have your customers coming back. So you have like pretty much a, a SaaS model at that point. You have your games where it's freemium, you know, you can play for free and then you buy your upgrades within the game or whatever. And then you have your, your free games where they're doing advertising. So you're seeing those pop ups, right? Those are the three main uh, revenue models right now for game devs. We're just going to try and convince them, Hey, there's now a fourth option. There's a fourth way for you to generate revenue. It's by implementing this ILP because for being the game developer, you are going to get, you know, one of those outputs from every play. And I think that's something you could basically build into any one of those other models, whether it is the $60, you know, Madden game or the freemium Angry Birds or, you know, the games on addictinggames.com that have, you know, an advertisement beforehand. So right. that's, that's where I think, you know, from a game dev standpoint, you know, we're going to have to try to convince them, look, there's another way you can make money, let's, let's at least give it a shot.
0: Fascinating. No, I, I think that's, first of all, I think it's really cool. But uh, secondly, I think um, having an SDK as, as a as part of the early part of your roadmap before you're even in beta, all of that, I think is brilliant, because you don't know what other ideas other people are going to come up with, like somebody might look at haste and think of something that's brilliant that you guys never thought of, but then you know they get to run it on your engine and then you know everybody's happy, right? That's the hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, hope. So, that's awesome. I got a question here from Dem Dembon. I don't know if that's a real name or, or if it's something that I'm not privy to, but uh, what does the player card have right now? Uh, or why, why, sorry, I can't read today. Uh, why does the player card has right now no benefit for the player who minted it or is there now a benefit? Basically, what what the hell can I do with the player card? Joe? Yeah,
1: Yeah. well, since it was minted, um, basically the person that mints that card, whoever holds it, so, if, well, let me backtrack. If you mint the card, you can go ahead and then list your card for sale on our little marketplace exchange. And the reason why someone would want to purchase your card is this, whoever's holding that card is automatically going to get 10% of all the gameplay output from that player. So for example, my card, the, the Joey D card, if I own that card and I go and spend, you know, uh, 10,000 Satoshis, okay, in one of the games in the Ace Arcade, since I hold my card, I'm gonna get a thousand of those Satoshis back. I'm gonna get 10% of my spend. Now, if you were to offer me, call it one Bitcoin for my card, and I say, yeah, you know what? I need some cash right now. I'll sell you my player card for one Bitcoin. Now, every time I play, you are going to get that 10% of output that my card is entitled to. So we call it like a, an output NFT, basically. You're, you're purchasing the ability to get 10% of whoever holds that player's card's output. So I would say the, the benefit, you know, if you mint the card, obviously, yes, you're getting basically like a 10% rebate. But also, if you if you play a lot, you can list your card in this marketplace for whatever price you want. And if people yeah. want to speculate on how much Joe's going to play in the future... And yeah, you know what? I'll I'll pay one BSV for that card right now because over the long run, I think Joe's going to spend you know twenty BSVs in this arcade. Now I just made sure. you know two BSV. So that's right. that's what the main benefit is. Again, you know, we are thinking for the beta, there will be other things that we add in terms of you know benefits to holding these types of things. Um, for example, like if you're a game dev and you hold a player card, maybe there's something where you submit a game, you get an extra kickback now. For for minting your own cards, stuff like that. So a lot of different things that that are on the the roadmap. But for now, yeah, it's it's that ten percent, and then you being able to sell it in the marketplace. Hmm.
0: That's uh, that's really interesting. I, I like that, and it reminds me. Yesterday, uh, Roger Taylor, who's the developer of Electrum SV, I saw him comment and say, "I've never seen anything valuable ever done with an NFT. Like he just thinks they're worthless, like mm-hmm. they're scammy." Which it's fair because m- most of them are, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that's actually—I mean, that's that's a really good use right there. It's integrated into your existing economy. You
1: e. so. mean you wouldn't you wouldn't pay one point four million for an eth rock?
0: <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> so you
1: know, it's, I mean, it's
0: it's it, I know it's fascinating, right? And it's like—I mean—it looks like it was made in Microsoft Paint twenty years ago, too. It's so crazy. Or these, you know, the Pudgy Penguins or Visa just announced that they bought one of the Ethereum Punk NFTs. And yeah. it's like, what what value does that have? Like what are what are we what are we doing with this technology? Yeah. <laughs> just, that's exactly. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Here's Dsp28.net. Uh, another guy who I met in Zurich and was an awesome dude, uh, saying, let's say lots of devs submit games. How are you going to deal with the game explosion? So that's
1: Desan. What's up, Desan? Good to hear from you, brother. Um, yeah. yeah, to be honest, that is something that like we have we have weekly calls about this very topic. It's like if there is a tremendous amount of traffic that comes on immediately, what our short term roadmap does is our first key hires are going to be support and uh, programming. So basically, the way that the system is going to work, at least at the initial launch, is you'll be able to submit your game as a dev to the arcade. And as you submit it, there's certain like checkboxes that will automatically like be hit. So in essence, you're going to have to, you know, attest that your game, like I said, isn't like based on a random number generator, isn't a game of chance, et cetera. Uh, Obviously can't have like explicit materials or anything like that in it. And if it meets all those, it will get actually vetted by a real human being in in the the very beginning. And if there is a backlog, like, to be honest, that's a great problem for us to have. That's something that, you know, the roadmap would say, we're going to start hiring more support people and more programmers to make sure that all these games that are being submitted are getting vetted, you know, in a somewhat timely manner. Um, But, you know, for the initial rollout, like we, we do, we get about one or two game devs a week now wanting to submit games. And so far, you know, it hasn't really been an issue. Like our, our dev team has actually been working with these people and keeping like a pretty open line of communication. So while they're developing, you know, they're not going to hit those bumps when they submit the game. And it's like, oh, you know, this is no good for 10 or 12 different reasons. Hopefully the, the idea would be that once they submit it, you know, especially because of how hands on our guys are being at the start, uh, most games should get a fairly, fairly quick turnaround time to either being approved or declined.
0: Sure. That's awesome. Well, and then you've got games to play like, with some algorithm to figure out like popular games and featured games mm-hmm. and all, all the things that, you know, people talk about, like the the UI aspect of, of app stores and, and that kind of thing, which actually gives you another opportunity to make money, too. You could have people yep. pay like a listing fee or whatever, too. So, yep, uh, that's that's interesting. I, I think that's uh I'm excited. Where do I invest? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Kurt, the round's Um, open. (laughs) We'll we'll say. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Send me a t-shirt too. It'd be great. Yeah. You got it. Um, HV asking, do we have Tetris on BSV? Does this exist? I don't know if it does. I've played the Uh, 2048. That's
1: fun. We got 2048. I would say, uh go go build it and submit it to the arcade. I know, like I said, our, our initial kind of beta platform, uh one of the things we will be doing is is hiring an in-house game dev to basically build out, you know, a lot of those retro type games, you know, the Tetrises, the snakes, the Pac-Mans of the world. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, if there's other devs that are out there who who want to start working on this stuff, like yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would encourage to build it.
0: Yeah, for sure um that actually so I, I mean i was i was a little less than half kidding about the uh about the investment thing but but is haste actually <laughs> accepting uh fund are, are you looking for for partners in that is is that something people can look up or should they get in contact with you if they're interested
1: um yeah i guess the the best way if if you are interested it would be to to dm us on twitter um but t- to be honest so our goal and our strategy hasn't really been to, to take on capital. I guess this kind of came about because after, you know, we put the initial game out there, we had some success. We had a lot of people, you know, excited for what we were doing. And it, it, it got us to the point where it was like, okay, you know, we could probably build a platform around this. The, the game itself is cool, but this whole ILP concept, being able to send micro payments like this is, is where we think the real value in gold is going to be, whether that's in gaming or you have like loyalty programs down the road, you have supply chains, you could apply it to a lot of different industries. So uh, once we started mapping that out, um, our our two developers who came on as co-founders, like I mentioned, Eric and Keith, we all felt comfortable with at least getting to where we're at right now without any capital and launching, you know, the original haste arcade with the SDK to get the game developers in there. Uh, But just talking through some of our other advisors, obviously like Dan and I running this, this bar pay company, we had to talk to our investors there and tell them, Hey, there's this kind of passion project that, uh, we didn't really plan on it getting legs, but it grew legs and started sprinting on its own. So, uh, what do you think we do? And fortunately, like we've, I guess we've surrounded ourselves with pretty good people who have been eager to help us. Um, and you know, they said if you guys do need capital, we can do this, this, and this. Obviously, we have a network from from our previous venture who's, uh, like I said, been more than happy to to finance as well. But if if you are, I mean, this isn't like a, a public offering or anything like that. Um, I would just say, go ahead and and DM, uh, the haste Twitter. And if, if we get to the point, I know that we're going to be basically finishing everything up, uh, by the end of, of August. So just over a week at this point, but yeah, I mean, if, if, if you are interested, we'll definitely send you the information. We're happy to talk, uh, and, and move forward if, if it makes sense.
0: Very cool. So we got, uh, it's funny. I'm reading the, reading the comment box, the troll box over here and, uh, (laughs) there's, I mean, everybody's, everybody's always curious about all kinds of things that, you know, maybe I didn't think of or whatever, but uh, bringing up the uh, Tappy taco uh, going on over at Twitch, um, was that related to you guys at all? Or did they develop that themselves in house?
1: They did that on their own, uh, which I thought was pretty cool, to be honest, like Mm -hmm. Twitch, obviously we've, we've looked up to them and kind of followed them obviously since BSV became a thing. And I think between them and and the BSV 2048, it just, it reinforced to us, like, you know what? There is there is something here. I think it's something that, you know, Twitch, is it, are they going to be the ones that build out a, a full arcade with the type of SDK and capabilities that we're thinking of for gamers? Like, they already have X, Y, and Z that they're focused on. You know, BSV 2048, you've got the Unbounded guys over there. They've got a bunch of other things they're focused on as well. At that point, right. we kind of felt like, you know, we're, we're in a good position. There is market validation. There's other people doing the same thing because they think it's, you know, valuable. Uh, but we could be the ones that really focus on the, the gaming side of things. And I think like CryptoFights right now is doing an unbelievable job of demonstrating that yeah. as well and getting transactions on chain. It's been like really awesome seeing how many transactions they're putting on chain. It's insane. So yeah, yeah I, think, I think with us, with CryptoFights, uh, you know, seeing what Twitch did. And and I would hope that eventually we can get Tappy Taco using our ILP and, and maybe work with Twitch on some of that. But yeah, I think overall, it was a really, you know, positive sign
0: for us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that begs the the next question. One, one of my best friends in the space is, is Luke from Tonic Pow. Mm-hmm. We talk all the time. And one of his things that he says is like, nothing in Bitcoin should be siloed. Like there should be no reason that Tappy Taco cannot integrate with haste Yep, and then, you know, and can't even, you know, maybe integrate it with something like completely unrelated. Like you could be shipping fish with, you know, Unisot's technology and like also integrating, like why can't everything interact yep. with everything else? And it's because, you know, people choose various, like, well, I'm going to stick to run protocol versus Staz tokens or all these different things. But like, how, how easy would it be to, to have, everybody's games integrate into the same uh, leaderboard technology? I mean, is that a couple of clicks? Does it just require a few handshakes? Or, you know, uh, what do we got to do to make something like that happen?
1: I guess uh, I guess we'll find out when the SDK gets launched just how good it is. But to, to put it in perspective, the way that we've gone about building it and what we've wanted to do with it is, if you're familiar with Stripe at all, I mean, that that's a company <laughs> that maybe people have heard of. Um, but they're massive in like the digital payment credit card processing space. Yeah. And what they did was they basically built the cleanest documentation, the cleanest APIs. Like if you want to integrate their software with whatever you're building, like it's literally a handful of line of code and it's it's in there. And that's what we want to do. So like you said, whether it's a game developer, whether it's a supply chain, whether it's a loyalty program, like we we want it to be so straightforward and simple and clear. That basically any game dev, you know, can come to the SDK and I don't know like how long the actual timing on this stuff takes, but maybe call it like a day, be able to take our code, plug it into, you know, their what what they've already written and have ILP gaming as as one of the possibilities, one of the the modes for their gamers. So that's really the goal It's to get it to be as straightforward and, and streamlined as possible from the game devs. That's what we've been working on the last four or five months. That's why new games haven't come out. That is the sole focus sure. because we want to attract, you know, the best games in the world and make it really easy for them to, to get into this ILP
0: platform. Mm. All right. Smart. I like it. Uh, sorry. Doing a little bit of side research here.
1: <laughs> I see that, that, that
0: question right
1: there. Uh, the LinkedIn user. Yeah. Interesting yeah. name. Um, real world sports combined <laughs> with hate. Right.
0: So right. here's so, someone... Sounds, sounds German, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Hello. on, on right. that um, aspect, there was, there's a company that reached out to us. We we're actually put in touch with them uh, through Bitcoin Association. And in essence, what they are building is a little like chip that's going to go in golf balls. And so mm-hmm. what the original purpose was, was that when you hit the golf ball, you know, if you're a bad golfer like I am, typically you're in the rough, you're in the woods, you're in a lake, wherever... The closer you get to the ball, you can pull up your phone and it'll start like beeping. So it's kind of like a a ball tracker. So if my ball is lost in the woods, now I can at least kind of get an idea. Like as I get closer, my phone starts beeping faster and faster. Well, what Mm. they were saying is the data that they're going to be able to capture because of that chip, they're going to be able to capture like distance, spin rate, you know, accuracy, what you're aiming at, etc., so what we were thinking of is okay, well, let's say like I play golf and I have this, this application on my phone and I'm using this golf ball. Well, if there's like a, an online gaming portion of this app and I think I can hit the ball pretty far. Like maybe I spend a quarter to to go on the long drive for that day. And now every time I hit the ball, my score is automatically being submitted to this game that I had, <laughs> you know, chosen on the app. So in my opinion, that would be a real world. Sports example of both using like RILP, which is obviously using BSV, and then combining that with you know people who are physically playing something.
0: Fascinating. So you turn you turn your real life into a video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's I think that's actually brilliant. And one of the things that I've written about in the past is uh, I like to drive, like driving cars, you know, like it's uh, and motorcycles are really anything with an engine. But like for me, it's always. Like I, I time myself. I count the cars I'm passing. Like my wife says, I'm completely insane. But like when I drive, I'm always like, well, I want to see, I want to see net on this trip. How many cars do I pass versus how many cars pass me? Mm. And you know, it's just some manic. You know, there probably is actually something wrong with me. But uh, to <laughs> gamify, <laughs> to yeah. gamify the driving experience, for example, is is to just treat it like. Well well, I guess we encourage speeding, so this probably wouldn't be a good thing to play, yeah. but you could even play you could play games like that too, uh, just in real life to allow people based on proximity turn to, to earn points doing uh, you know any any menial task, any anything that's a little bit mindless, which I guess you also shouldn't drive mindlessly, but yeah, probably a bad example. but there's all kinds of other things that, that in theory you could gamify like that. I think
1: you're on the right track there too. I mean, uh, we've we've thought about it. <laughs> Justin, Kurt doesn't follow speed limits. Nice. Um, <laughs> but think about like a business, for example. You have a sales department, and let's say you budget, you know, five million dollars for your sales hiring for your sales salaries. Well, instead of saying yep. I'm going to pay Joe 150, I'm going to pay Kurt 250, I'm going to pay so and so 200, etc., you could now say we're going to hire 100 people, and we're going to have 100 outputs for this five million dollars. The amount of sales that you generate is going to equal the number of spaces nice. on that output that you take. So yeah, there's, there's a ton of like ways you could incorporate this into real world things, whether it's silly things like, you know, trying to drive sure. fast than everybody else or, um, you know, actually trying to work it into business models so you can determine yeah. exactly, you know, what your spend is going to be for, for the, the Darwinian,
0: people. the Darwinian wage model. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that's what you should do.
1: I'm just saying there's things that have, have gone through my mind. So <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, like you could break it. To, so I used to work in a factory, actually. So through most of my high school years and stuff, I worked uh, in printing and packaging. So there are those kinds of menial things where it's like we need to stuff thing A into the box and we need to get X amount done per hour. Mm-hmm. And we would work in teams and stations. <laughs> yep. So in theory, you could you could dole out bonuses to whoever does the best per shift or, or that kind of thing. So there yep. are opportunities there that, that could be pretty cool always <laughs> oh, gonna get in trouble here uh linked our, our dear friend linkedin user uh when muscle fit haste shirts
1: um i mean kurt you you just you might have just got one of those in the mail i'm not sure but yeah I've, uh, I've yet to try it on yeah <laughs> yeah well when you're fighting hopefully we can be your sponsor but yeah when um we're, we, we do have some, we ordered some apparel. Uh, I think we're going to make the HST once the beta platform launches. You're going to be able to redeem HST for shirts, uh, stuff like that. So the muscle shirts, I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll ask the, the guys about that if, if that's something we want to do. These are more just normal t-shirts that we got, but <laughs> we'll see.
0: <laughs> sounds sounds good to me. Right, here's a good comment. Richard Chalmers, this could be the new grocery store supermarket shopping rewards card format. Exactly thing like you can gamify in-store experiences you gamify experiences at like a mall or at a festival or at a concert these kind of things like combined like scavenger hunt gaming and that kind of thing or even just pop up like you allow people to do like just have a bunch of ipads and they get to go play games against each other and then whoever makes it out like you get some kind of prize it can be physical prizes or whatever too so you can turn it into like carnival games and stuff it's yep. It's exciting. I'm super excited about haste. So I,
1: I, <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's it's been you know. all it's been months of us saying you know this SDK is coming. We're excited. It's it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And now, I mean, I've I've seen it at this point. Like the platform is stood up. The beta is. Uh, so when it actually becomes you know open to the public at the end of September ish, right before CoinGeek New York, I think it's going to be really cool timing. And there are a couple like yep. bigger things that will we'll announce at that time. I'm not going to steal the show from those guys but there are some things we've been working on in conjunction with other companies as well that i think is going to help us you know like i said our goal is to let's start getting blockchain out in the mainstream people using it without even knowing necessarily they're using it and that's that's what i think you know some of our announcements will be tied towards and the things that we're doing from a marketing side of of what we want to get done you know during this initial rollout
0: for sure so uh, that that leads to another question. when When will we be seeing you? There's events going on uh, all over the next several uh, weeks and months here uh, into October. I guess really the next six weeks, there's gonna be a yep. number of opportunities for for you to be appearing. Where can we see you in person, Joe? So
1: I will be in in Miami uh, for for the event on September first. It looks like we're, we want Eric and Keith to, to kind of get their face out there a little bit also. I mean, these are two extremely accomplished developers, uh, who, you know, haste is more than just myself and Dan, like, and, and we want people to yeah. realize like, this isn't just two guys on their passion project. Like this is a company that's being built with people who have done this before. So, uh, I believe yeah. Keith is going to go on the 8th of September up to New York for, for that conference. And then Eric, based on the scope of the conversation and the panel that's going to be going on at, at actual CoinGeek New York, uh, I think Eric's going to be on that panel uh, nice. with, like I said, you know the, the other panelists who, who would be up there in New York in October. So you'll see Haste, you'll see us represented at all these events coming up. I know there's also a charity event that I've talked to Patrick Thompson a little bit about. We would love to you know contribute Haste outputs, basically, to, to anything that goes on during that event in New York in, in early October as well. So, yeah, I mean, you'll see me the first you'll see at least one other HACE member uh, on the on the 8th in, in New York. And then obviously in October, you'll see us again.
0: Well, very cool. Uh, I will see you in Miami, first of all. But anybody watching, if, if you haven't uh, signed up, we're doing all kinds of events around the country over the next six weeks. So please sign up for the Miami event, the New York event, and then ultimately the CoinGeek conference will be in New York uh, tickets are all available all over the place. If you want to click through my profile, I got tonic pow links up on my Twitter. So, uh, I would appreciate anybody who signs up to please sign up using, using my links for the sake of feeding my children and, uh, and, and just come hang out. I, I think we're going to do a bunch of cool stuff together. Joe, I'm looking forward to seeing you again in person. So Sorry. that's, uh, it's going to be good more, more spa um,
1: time. Let's, let's get back. Into yes. spa.
0: Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> right. We're going to have to figure out where's the best spa in Miami. That could be, yeah. uh, I don't imagine that'd be challenging. They seem yeah. like a, a town that would have some spa space. <laughs> so that'll be good. Um, any, any closing thoughts, anybody that deserves a, a shout out or anybody that, uh, anything like that?
1: I just, I want to, I mean, I, if, if I'm going to thank people, like just for the support, it would be the whole BSV community, you know, people here. It's, it's funny. Like I said, I don't keep up with Twitter all that much. And so when I'm like, you know, hearing about people attacking BSV because of the 51% attacks or, you know, just, just the general nonsense that goes on, uh, seeing like this community, it, it's, it's been really cool and how people, you know, just kind of take it in stride. I think the, the companies that are building on, on this blockchain. We all know that it's like, you know, this is one of the risks that we took, but I would assume, you know, the same thing with Tonic Palette, the same thing with Brightview. It's like these companies, they, they can't exist anywhere, but on BSV. So, I mean, I know that we've worked closely with the hand cash guys lately. Uh, CoinGeek's been great to us. Obviously, like Eric, Keith and Dan are doing an incredible job, like on, on the actual Haste Forefront. Um, so, yeah, just I think, you know, everything we've been able to do so far has been because people have helped us along the way. And, you know, we just hope that we can put out a great product for everybody to enjoy and help get BSV and, and blockchain used by more mainstream people.
0: Yeah, amen to that. Uh, there's also you guys worked with the uh, the CoinGeek people uh, a little bit on the online virtual event for CoinGeek New York. Can you give us a little insight into what people can expect to see there?
1: Yeah, so I guess uh, Alex, after after Zurich came to me and, and was basically talking about some of the complaints or you know concerns about the way that the leaderboard was working for that Nakamoto watch, and it's like you know mm-hmm. it, it's a, a, a blockchain event yet you know you you can't really trace how people are getting points on chain. So that right. is one of the things that we're going to be able to do. Uh, it's it's basically going to be a leaderboard that you know it, it'll be haste enabled. So if if CoinGeek does want to do you know, certain payouts, and, and I guess in the past, you know, it's typically been there's just a set amount of BSV that they distribute to, to people on that leaderboard or to the person who has the most points for the most engagement during the conference. Uh, they'll they'll be able to do that now through ILP. And then also, you know, kind of the secondary piece of that is that we will be able to show, okay, these interactions, you know, we on chain, basically, so you'll be able to see so and so got these points, this is why it wasn't just like they went in and, and, and game the system, you know, at the last second and leapfrogged. Uh, you know, the guy that was right. a thousand points ahead of them. So yeah, we're, we're really excited to to have that opportunity to, to work with CoinGeek on that during the the CoinGeek New York conference.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Joe. Uh, if if you want to stick around, we'll, uh, we'll pop you off the air, but if, if you wait, we can talk a little bit off the air after the show, but I want to thank you first of all, for your friendship. It's, it's good to know you. And secondly, for coming out and doing the, uh, doing the live stream. I feel like it's been a long time coming, and I'm, I'm glad to have had you.
1: Definitely glad to be here. This is amazing. It's like uh, I get to talk to my my idols at this point. <laughs> <It's>
0: wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. No, yeah. it's, it, seriously, it's it, I, I love it. I love the game. I, I've I've been a supporter of Haste since the day I saw it. So yes, you it's, have. Uh, appreciate it. R- really cool to see your progress. I'm I'm glad to see you guys uh, trying to change the game again and again. And I'm I'm pretty optimistic that you're gonna. Really kick some ass over the next uh, X amount of time here. So
1: much appreciated. Thank Thanks, you, sir.
0: sir. For sure. Talk soon. So, everybody, that was Joe DePinto from Haste Arcade. Um, really, if you haven't played Haste, uh, I posted an affiliate link actually <laughs> on my Twitter. So, join Haste. Uh, try to get yourself up on that leaderboard and uh, have fun with it. I, I, I mentioned earlier my buddy uh, Davin. Uh, got himself to the number 1 spot on the leaderboard and he was flipping out posting screenshots on Facebook for the rest of the night about about all the money that he was making uh, just from other people playing underneath him because the the model there incentivizes you to compete and rewards you when you compete well and that's really every good system this is this is what we want in a proof of work system proof of work is a gamification of consensus it's a gamification of security that security is provided by people who Get rewarded for securing something the best. And this is just gamification added back to gaming. And uh, it's it's a really exciting development. A because it's simple, it's just a simple idea: like, hey, why can't people be paid out micropayments when that when they uh, when they win? And it was something that really couldn't work anywhere else. These are the kinds of little problems that Bitcoin solves fundamentally. This is the purpose of bitcoin itself and and a lot of people still think that we the bitcoin sv community are are kidding around or that we're not really playing uh playing the game to win or, or 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 trying to disrupt things that other people are trying to disrupt but in reality we're the only people that's doing real disruption in the real economy these are real people playing real games for the sake of of earning that bitcoin and you know, Ethereum's got DeFi right now, and and BTC's got all their, uh, you know, the the suits that they're trying to get to buy uh, buy their coins and, and all of that. And Those are the games they're playing. But in BSV, we're playing we're playing all kinds of games at once. We're doing everything, uh, and that's thanks to guys like Joe and the rest of the team at Haste, uh, who I've also met briefly, but but Joe and I have become friends. And uh, but I'm looking forward to meeting the rest of the guys and spending some one-on-one time because. Once you've spent time in a sauna with a guy, uh, you know that's, <laughs> that's it's a little hard to top uh, for for building building those bridges right when you meet. So uh, again, reminder everybody: if you could please uh, like, subscribe, share, let people know uh, that we do these shows, that there isn't ask me anything, that we don't censor anybody's comments as long as they're uh, legitimate questions and stuff. I'll answer anything you want. Scotch horse asking is haste for mobile. Only I for the, for the time being, the answer is yes. Uh, But it seems like with the SDK, they're going to be absolutely everywhere where there's a a connection to the internet. So uh, that would include, uh, I think, believe Joe's even said consoles, uh, but PC and and everything else. So uh, that's going to be pretty awesome. But please uh, again, with the like subscribe, these are the things that help us. If you're looking to sponsor, we are accepting sponsorships from all kinds of people if, uh, if you want to uh, bust a move. So uh, please help us with that. And then also join us at the events. We're doing one in Miami literally next week. So come join us for that. In New York, uh, another week after. And then in October, we're going to do the big CoinGeek conference in New York. So I hope to see you there, everyone. I am grateful for your viewership. And once again, grateful to my wife for dealing with the children while I do these live streams every week at Tuesday at now two o'clock Eastern time, which is the same time, but it's different for me because I have moved officially to the great state of Florida. Everybody. Thank you. I'm Kurt Walker jr. This has been the coin geek weekly live stream. Alex moon, get ready to say goodbye. Goodbye. Imagine in 1997 paying for something with your watch. Remember the last time you used cash, the world has been
1: digitized almost. Cash was once seen as the last bastion for reform, but now is on the decline. Digital transactions have outcompeted hard currency since
2: 2017 in the UK. But breakthrough, bold technologies like blockchain have revolutionised more than just money. These technologies call for disruptive lawyers, ones that do just accept the trend, but find new ways of interpreting the law. We are currently the only global law firm with a real card record in the area of Bitcoin and blockchain. We are results driven and care only about securing the best possible result for our clients.
0: We trace the supposedly untraceable. We pioneer the future of law. We deliver new solutions. We are law changers.